0: this is late night help this is the radio show that cares about the most important part of your life your health during the next oh 20 minutes or so we're going to spend some time with our friend neil grace his book is fresh eyes upon the world he has a new podcast coming out and it's called making life a spectacular journey how about that for promotion Uh, Making life a spectacular journey is something I think we all want. Now, we're recording this during the holidays, and I can't, I can't blend them all. I'm not that good of Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa. There must be two or three other holidays in there. I'm not even sure what they are, but it's the holiday season. And because of the holiday season, what uh, I thought we would do is talk about peace and joy. One of your chapters is, when will humanity live in peace and joy? Neil, can you respond to that?
1: Well, I think that's a very important subject because so much of what's going on in the world is very uh, difficult and chaotic and there's a lot of turmoil and trouble and and suffering because we don't live in a, a place of, fundamentally, a place of joy and peace. And the only way that we can achieve that is that we have to do that within ourselves. We have to become the linchpin, so to speak, of our own destiny and make us responsible, take responsibility for our own lives by being a person that's promoting and advocating and championing peace. In addition to being a person of peace, we also have to realize that our life is very limited as far as how long we exist So we have to be as joyous as we can. We have to gravitate toward beautiful things. We have to find uh, the joy in life, whether it's brushing our teeth or seeing a beautiful um, (laughs) uh, goose flying above or eating an apple.
0: Did you see the moon last night? We're in the same time. The moon last night was spectacular. I missed the moon rise because I was driving the, we were talking actually in the car and had I looked behind me I would have had an accident. But behind me, the moon was rising. And my wife told me it was so big. It was like the, the, uh, the moon in Moonstruck, the film from years ago. It was gorgeous. And whenever I see that or a sunset or a rainbow, I always call my wife.
1: Uh, that's beautiful. Yeah, there's so much to be joyful about. And it's really our responsibility to take action to say, uh, today I'm going to be the champion of joy. I'm going to be a person I'm going to look for, I'm going to seek out, I'm going to perceive beauty in something in in the world outside of myself. And if we can do that, we change, we alter ourselves, even if it's slightly, that makes a difference. Everything is exponential. That slight change will grow the next day into something greater and it'll continue on indefinitely. And as we do that, and we emanate this joy and emanate peace, we can affect other people. We affect other people. And sooner than later, the world seems to shift. There's a paradigmatic shift in the way we function, our consciousness, we open our hearts, and we become much more peaceful.
0: Are we peaceful right now? I mean, in the US, there is a division. We don't normally talk about politics here on the show. Uh, we, do it. Huh? I'm sorry. Let's do it. Let's do it. No. Yeah. It, it definitely is uh, it's a source of friction for a lot of people. And I mean, families, you know, somebody says, I love Trump. And somebody in that same family says, I love uh, uh, Biden. And, and they clash and they don't speak for a long time. Uh, I've heard of fisticuffs it's it's pretty sad it really is right absolutely How do we get past all this garbage because this has got to be affecting our health individually as well as the health of the nation absolutely that is really the the underpinning the
1: source of all of the chagrin and, and the and the uh. I guess I would call it the fundamental conflict. We're not at peace as a nation. We're not at peace individually. We're colliding with each other. We're fighting with each other. We're hurting each other. And as you said, Mark, we're diminishing our own inner resolve to be happy and healthy. That is detrimental. It's not good. If I knew the solution, I would be a wizard. I'd be a genius. I would say the only thing we can do is to be as understanding and empathetic as we can be to be compassionate and if we don't resonate with someone else who has a completely opposite viewpoint politically we need to stay centered in ourselves we need to be calm we need to not be reactive and we don't need to get into a verbal emotional or physical (laughs) confrontation with these people we need to just understand that we're quite a diverse nation as Humanity is very diverse, and we have to be cognizant. We have to be mindful of what we do and express our truths in a logical, rational, and sensible way. And if the person is not receptive, because a lot of people are so charged, you know, up about all of these uh, political uh, differences, then we have to see that and back away. We have to be careful not to step into a fire with other
0: people. The the fact is that that stress that happens when you have that divisiveness, okay, can affect your health. So that's one. But the other thing is that why can't we agree to disagree? Okay. You might be a Republican. I could be a Democrat. Uh, okay. <laughs> so we're both Democrats. Um, the, the, but we we have different points of view on something. I don't understand why somebody says, well, if you don't believe that way, you're you're stupid. We talked about religion yesterday, you and I, and there are people who, if they don't, if you don't agree with them, uh, they don't wanna talk to you. They don't wanna be around you, right? Absolutely, most people are very attached to their opinions, they're very emotionally
1: charged. And their egos are invested in their opinions and people don't want to be tolerant or allow for diversity and differences. And I think it's extremely incumbent upon all of us to try to develop that muscle. Because without it, what we do when we're up against resistance or opposition, we're going to get very defensive, very fiery, and we're going to defend ourselves and being defensive is only going to intensify our position and our intractability. And that is a cause of tremendous stress, tremendous malcontentment. And that's what also causes a big chasm between you and the person you're opposing. And then you do that individually and then you multiply it out to 320 million people in the United States where half of them believe in this and half of them don't believe in that then you have mayhem.
0: And there's also another half that just doesn't care. They only care about working, getting their paycheck, and having a roof over their heads, and providing food for their kids.
1: That's right, that's right. Out of and those
0: 320 million people, I don't, I, I can't remember what they expect
1: Well, half vote. Well, oh, about half of the adults that are eligible and qualified to vote actually do vote for a presidential election. Isn't that sad? pathetic it doesn't make sense to me but there's a lot of apathy there's a lot of um, people that want to withdraw from the system that are out on the uh, periphery and don't care and there's a I mean that's just the reality of the world in which we live and that too is they're making a statement they're making a statement that I don't want to be involved in the process and it doesn't matter to me what the outcome is and that's very unfortunate because what they're really doing is they're giving support to the person they least likely want to have in as president. That means there's always two people and they have, they everybody has a little bit of a preference. So it's it's a very challenging time. And like you said earlier, Mark, we are in a very combustible incendiary state in our nation and in the world. And the more extreme somebody gets, the more, uh, problematic the situation becomes.
0: Uh, our guest is Neil Grace. His book is called Fresh Eyes Upon the World. I recommend that you go to Amazon and take a look at this. It's a very good book. Making Life a Spectacular Journey is the upcoming name of of Neil's podcast, and uh, I'm very excited about that and um, uh, looking forward to to hearing some of those episodes, Neil let's backtrack just a second. Um, growing up, did you have a, uh, a happy childhood? And did you like celebrating holidays? Like the holiday time that were, you know, the, the Christmas, uh, the Christmas, I can't do it. Some people can combine Christmas, Hanukkah and Kwanzaa into one word. I can't do that. Did you have a good time?
1: I would say my, my uh, early Uh, life was very happy. My parents uh, got married um, and uh, it took them 10 years to conceive me. So, and they wanted very much to have a child. So they were very loving, supportive, very unconditionally uh, loving and they praised me and they just were so grateful for having me in their lives. And uh, I was really the beneficiary of their love. So I was very happy, but And I also enjoyed celebrating every day. I never, the holidays weren't a a distinct uh, difference from any other day. I like to have fun. I like to play all the time. When I went to elementary school, I was really just a very energetic, exuberant, little happy uh, bundle of energy.
0: You still are. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) And the thing is, though, um, what was kind of just a segue into another little bit of a topic and go on a tangent. What was disturbing to me is when I went to was called I grew up back east in Massachusetts to middle school, I saw that kids were abusive, and then there was just a lot of um, tension, and it kind of shocked me as I grew into an adult how much alienation, dissonance, despair, disgust, anger, uh, isolation there. Existed everywhere and that kind of was a shock to my system and it took me a while to I never really adjusted to it I really was just I perceived it I was aware of it and I couldn't understand what happened to this rather idyllic childhood that suddenly is now in the midst of an adult life as a teenager and you have to be Well liked at school and you have to look think about your career going forward. I just wanted to play I wasn't I wasn't really equipped to make that transition very easily, but you—you
0: you took that passion of life, and you've traveled the world. I mean, you told me that you know you were—you were broke, and you don't have to worry about money today. You have ample money, ample money, um, zeros in the bank, which is good. It's not the end all, be all. Right. It just makes life. It makes life comfortable and allows you to do what you want to do in this time of, you know, uh, joy to the world, peace for everybody, the holidays. How do we achieve that, at least individually? Because I think that the more people who are happy, they'll be healthier and the world will be better, even if it's only one person at a time.
1: Yes, and the thing is, it's really incumbent upon you as an individual to make your life a blessing, to make it sacred, to make it holy, to make it precious. That means whether you meditate, whether you read special inspirational books, whether you journal, whether you take a walk in nature, whether you sing songs or join a choir or go to a, um, a religious organization that's going to be very uplifting and inspiring, Taking responsibility for your own life is the very motherload of what needs to be done for you. You cannot save and rescue everyone else in the world. But if you take care of yourself, not egotistically, not self-centeredly, but if you do it for yourself, then life becomes a lot more placid. It becomes much more relaxed. It becomes much more enjoyable. And then as you said, making life a spectacular journey, then you go on a path that is absolutely endowed with magic and mysticism and wonder and miracle upon
0: miracle. Uh, Do you have your um, email open? I believe I do. Close it because you're getting, I think it's you. It could be me. I hear that too. Got it. I don't know if it records or not. I'll just, I'll fix this. So, um, I'm going to say something. Oh, responsibility. It, it's, it, you know, we have
1: no choice when you really think about this, Mark, but to take care of ourselves. We have to be the stewards, the custodians, the caretaker of ourselves. And everything else becomes secondary because I'm a person that really wants to promote compassion for all life. But you cannot be compassionate unless you have compassion for yourself.
0: Taking responsibility, I think, is key. Uh, I tell people that you go to a doctor and the doctor says, uh, you know the old joke, and I use this a lot, you know the old joke, Neil, Uh, doc, it hurts when I do this. And the doctor answers, and I'm bending my arm for those who can't see me, the doctor uh, says, well, don't do that. Well, that was the old answer. The new answer or the new question that most people do not ask is, hey, doc, why does it hurt when I do this? You broke your arm, there's a tendon, there's some inflammation, whatever the problem might be. Mm. Most people go to the doctor and let them take over responsibility, which I think is wrong. I go into a doctor and I say, "Uh, hi, Paul. Hi Jim, hi Joyce, whatever the person's first name is, because that puts us on a lo- level playing field and it allows us to take that responsibility for our own health care. In life, there are people who literally sit on their butts and they don't try, they don't do anything to make their lives easier better, or help the world. They're non-productive. How do we reach these people?
1: The only thing that you can do is you can entreaty them. You can beseech them. You can implore them. You can ask them to reinvent how they see themselves. Value who they are. Take responsibility. Awaken to who you are. You are a precious creation of nature. You have just a hundred years or maybe probably less to live. Do something that's going to uplift you. That's going to serve you physically, emotionally, mentally, energetically, and psychically. It is your, that is your destiny. If you neglect these things, you become a victim of your own demise. And that's not good. And the other thing I would say to reach these people, find something small, even if it's just a small step in the right direction, leading you into a place of light and nurturing. Just one small step that you can take that's going to make you feel good and it's going to serve your body and your soul and your heart. We need to work on this thing. Being a, a, a human being in this world doesn't mean just automatically you do things by instinct and let things happen. It requires a discipline, a discipline uh, along with kind of a wild spirit. I'm a pretty wild guy, but I'm very disciplined. And the discipline is not a compromise. The discipline is actually a support system (laughs) that helps me, that serves me. So I would ask these people, be your own champion, support yourself, do something even if it's small to bring you into a better place. How you you can lead a horse to water and you but you can't make him drink. No, you can't. No, you can't. No, you can live by example. You can live by example. You can and try to inspire people. That's my by the way, my entire message. If you want to distill it down to its quintessential truth, my entire message is to help humanity emancipate themselves so that they can live fully and more happily. That's my whole
0: message. Is there enough for everybody? All billions of us? Enough for meaning? To have a happy life.
1: Well, I think having a happy life, it doesn't mean that you're going to be, you're gonna remove all of the negatives. You're gonna be, this sadness, there's death, there's loss, there's rejection, there's betrayal, there's disappointment. (laughs) I mean, that's part of the whole gamut of human life but if you can fundamentally be a person of contentment and happiness and and have a sense of joy and a sense of a life force, you will, you will be able to deal with life in such a way that you will find it fulfilling. You will find it exquisite. You will find it something that's going to teach you about the mystery of your own spirit. And you'll be able to deal with the sadness and the disappointment and the anger and the hurt much more effectively.
0: I'm, I'm going to get a little personal here, Please. because we we, 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 start, we start you know, with the people we know, our family, when you set out on your journey of writing this book and helping others, and the book, of course, is fresh eyes upon the world, making life a spectacular journey. How did your family react when you said, "I'm writing this book, I'm going to help people that's that's what I want to do with the rest of my life how What was the reaction?
1: Well, my parents are gone um, and uh, they always supported me. My wife uh, is very supportive and that's been this has been my passion and my hobby uh, most of my life, so I got a lot of support and it really And I don't mean to dismiss this arbitrarily and to sound a little uh, uh, insensitive, but it doesn't really matter so much what people think. What matters is what you do authentically for yourself, that you're following your passion. You're taking action to do what you love and that you're doing something constructive and something that's going to
0: help heal you and help heal the world. Action. That's a real important part of this. Um, the, you know, we're, we're a, a country now of couch potatoes, uh, our, our, our kids are, they have strong thumbs because of video games and because of texting, right? I, I can you text that fast? No. So, you know, it's just, it, it's amazing to me. They're going to have very strong thumbs, but they're not going to be able to lift the phone because they're they're sitting on a couch and they're they're not working out they're not exercising they're not going out and doing i mean when you and i were kids we'd ride our bikes we'd go you know i was i had my hair cut yesterday and um old time barber the kid is what this kid does he's like 25 years old 26 years old and he reminded me of the barber that used to cut my hair for 50 cents maybe 75. My mom would give me a dollar, which included his tip and he was happy. And I'd go up there and and they would, you know, put the, the hot shaving cream on my ear and he would shave it with a straight edge. Remember that? And, and, and also on, on, on my neck, this guy did this. Now it was a little bit more than 50 cents, I have to say, but it's, it's like one of the best haircuts I've ever had. and, uh, I'm just so happy with this kid. And he was so joyful because he was helping other people look good. A lot of people, and he took the responsibility and said, Hey, if you don't like this, you don't have to pay for it. I mean, Whoa. You don't hear that a lot. Right. Any thoughts? Well, I think that's a great
1: point, Mark, that we need to take action uh, in life. And, If we become too one-dimensional and too sedentary, we, again, are going to be uh, victimized by that. We are going to suffer the consequences. And one of the things that I have often said in many of my uh, poetic uh, expressions in my books and when I give my talks is I tell people life is about diversity. It's not one thing. The more you can have diversity and variety in your life, you take action. Where there, some people say, well, I don't like this kind of music. Why not like there's dozens and dozens of types of music? Expose yourself to those things. That's good. Everyone, everything. It's thing-
0: really funny you should say that because my kids tease the hell out of me about what I have on my iPhone and my iTunes. Okay. Um, uh, people our age listen to a lot of rock and roll. I like folk, uh, Simon and Garfunkel, Mary, uh, Travers and, uh, Peter, Paul and Mary, uh, even Ricky Nelson and, and, uh, the Seekers. I'm just trying to think of some. Folk, you know, uh, uh, kinds of things.
1: You can add all kinds of things to that. You can add opera, international music. You yes. Can country and Western. You can add, uh, I mean, you said rock. You can add, um, uh, 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 what's the, I can't think of the name, the most famous thing, the raps. Oh, right. And yeah. Uh, there's so many things. And not that you have to love each one equally, but if you have, if you allow yourself to explore those things, you're going to be the beneficiary.
0: Absolutely. absolutely there's no question
1: life too if you take action there's a time to read there's a time there's a time to to take a walk in nature there's a time to exercise, a time to play sports, a time to sit back and contemplate a time to meditate, a time to eat you know there's a time for all seasons the, the famous you know that that's
0: the what is that? Eclastic, ecclesiastics that's it yeah, and uh, and then they made it into a rock song in the '60s. Yeah, really? you know, Neil, I can't believe how much time we have talked. You won't believe it. Uh, time always goes so quickly with you, and I appreciate your time. Again, if you want information on Neil's book, go to the best place. I think is to go to uh, Amazon.com. Uh, what is your website, Neil? It's Neil,
1: N-E-A-L, Grace.com. That's easy. Yeah, it's very easy. Neil, N-E-A-L, G-R-A-C-E.com. And there's beautiful videos there and there's all kinds of information. It's really a very uh, dynamic uh, website.
0: And uh, we look forward to uh, talking to you again. Neil Grace, the author of Fresh Eyes Upon the World here at LateNightHealth.com. I'm Mark Allen. We'll see you next time.